Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. So over the past few years, as we built up The Successful Mentalist and we've grown the podcast, we've grown the company and we've really kind of dialed in and focused on helping entertainers literally all across the world. I think in like 120 countries now from... uh, places like Nigeria, Japan, India, Germany, like all over, which is crazy. We've ended up with a lot, like a lot of magicians reaching out on our socials, um, either through the Successful Mentalist or our personal socials, like through Instagram and Facebook, like our personal accounts, because people do that, they stalk us, weird. (laughs) And they're messaging us all sorts of questions like, hey, I want your advice with this. Hey, can I have your opinions on this? Hey, lads, I really respect what you're doing. Can you help me with this X, Y, Z? And we get so bombarded with these questions, but we thought, hang on a minute, rather than just replying to that one person and that's the end of that advice, that's like only that person benefits from it. What we thought we'd do was we'd collate some of the questions we've had over the past few weeks and really filter down the ones which we thought would help you guys, the audience at large, you listening right now. So we've got about five or six questions from people from all different walks of life, all different styles of magic, different places in their entertainment career. And we're going to go through each one of those questions and me and Aiden are simply going to answer it on the podcast so you guys can benefit from uh, from that. Very I, d- different style today, yeah. It's different. It's much more relaxed, uh, which is good because I, I may or may not have COVID right now, which is particularly great. Uh, one word to- for that, Aiden. Um, I like it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, jokes uh, on I- me. I'm going to have to take his work. <laughs> <laughs> double jokes on you there's actually seven questions that we've had pre-submitted rather than just the five or six which is uh i think it yeah i can count yeah so the, seven. The, the one thing uh, you've learned uh, in today's podcast as you've got us in your ear you're a minute in you've learned aiden has covid and actually can't count to 10 definitely can't <laughs> definitely can't right with that said shall we crack on with a podcast fantastic well if you're new here make sure that you give us a little subscribe and a follow or whatever the podcast players do and again just having your support really means a, a lot week in week out and we're going to tackle the first question right now which is how do you connect with wedding suppliers not just any old suppliers but wedding suppliers in particular actually how do you connect with wedding suppliers I connect with them. Next question, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You probably is, is looking at me. He's like, Ashley, can you be sensible for a change and actually give the people some decent advice? Um, so this is from a chap over in the UK, and uh, we've been in in conversations for him uh, a while, and he's messaged us asking um, how to get in contact with wedding suppliers because he wants to do that to capitalise, build his network with wedding suppliers so he can take advantage of their audience and get more gigs out of the back of it. So for context, that's what's going on in his brain. Uh, the simple way that I connect with wedding suppliers 
uh, is very different from what most entertainers do. I know most entertainers will um, literally just message people uh, online with some sort of thing saying, hey, I'm a magician, would you like to work together? Uh, they'll email people out cold, hey, magician, would you like to work with each other? Some people do cold calls. I don't do any of that. Um, I'm a massive fan of Instagram and Instagram outreach. And one of the things that I like doing is looking through Instagram, looking through, and this doesn't just work with suppliers. I do this with venues as well um, and all types of people that I want to build relationships with. Um, I look at the people, I look what they're doing. I look at the nice ones in my area or maybe areas I want to work in, which are doing well, which I respect, um, which I kind of like the look of their profiles online. I add them. I follow them on social media. I kind of engage in their world for about one or two weeks. So they get familiar with my name and I'm not spamming engagement. It's a like and a decent comment. Um, not like, great post. <laughs> it's actually value driven and it's actually related to the post. They might whack something up about ice cream and I might leave a paragraph about that specific uh, ice cream, if, whatever that is. Just, just on that, any any less than five words as a comment oh, yeah. uh, is, is not only does it feel a little bit awkward and spammy, but also the social platforms treat it as if it's um, awkward and spammy. Well, we, we've trialed this actually commenting on people's posts. If you, if you want the poster to read your post, if you leave like one sentence, everyone leaves like a one sentence comment or emoji nowadays and they scroll past but the moment you leave a big fat wad of text or a few paragraphs people can't help but go oh that's different no one leaves a reply that big so they read it they look at who you are and they read through so if you want to stand out right more we've, we've both tried that and it's worked well um from there once i build that relationship with them i find a way to slip into their dms um whether that's replying to their story or uh, replying to something that they've posted but I don't spark up a conversation and say, hey, I've been in your world for two weeks. Shall we work together? I reply to something they've either posted or something in their story. They might have posted something about their dog or a beautiful bouquet of flowers they've made. And I make that conversation very relevant about that. So, oh my gosh, I've just seen that. That's in, I've, I've never seen a bouquet like that different before. Like the style, the colors, insert shit here. Um, all of that stuff. Um about something relevant about their post and then I just start talking about them I start talking about their business and then I want to find out about the person behind the actual business the individual what are they up to personally other than just like professionally in their business world what do they have for their hobbies what do they do family life like what do they do on the weekends when they're switching off and once I've connected with that person on a deeper level then I go in for the ask and ask about working together um with them that, that's it Wow, that was probably way too much. Uh, I should have charged for that, Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very in-depth. I think, uh, again, I'll ditto a lot of that. I think a lot of it is about building these great relationships. I'm a personal fan of going to wedding fairs. I don't go to the wedding fairs to go ahead and get loads and loads of wedding clients. If anything, that's just a bonus. The reason I go is to get put in a room with a bunch of other supplies that I either have or have not met yet. Um, and then that way I get to accelerate that entire as Ashley said there, like, for example, two weeks uh, of just online engagement that gets crushed down all the way into two days or at the most, really, just because you've got that face to face connection already. Um, and then dropping them a message is no, uh, no real challenge. But uh, to, to help understand that sort of concept, uh, there is a training that we dropped inside the Facebook group, uh, our free Facebook group, the Magicians Business Group. I nearly forgot the name there. The Magicians Business Group. Um, we called it the nurture professional and it's basically a masterclass on how to actually nurture your leads whether they are one-to-one -one contacts like clients or one-to-many contacts like other suppliers and things um 
I would highly recommend that you give that a watch. Uh, you can find uh, you can find the replay on thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash nurture pro. That's all one word, nurture pro. Um, and you can watch the full training, download the worksheets uh, for that. And that will basically give you the battle plan on how to tackle these different types of relationships in terms of how you need to be engaging with these people and also why you need to be engaging with these people because that's a big one. People want to connect with people like wedding suppliers or or potential clients or couples getting married, but they don't really know why other than, I want a gig. And let's be fair, that's just not good enough. It, this this reminds me of like you, if you've listened to the podcast for a while you know me and Aiden talk about connecting with people building relationships with people on like that deeper level we've been doing that for a while because it's literally what we run our business off we've optimized our businesses to run off conversations and, and chat started as opposed to just dealing with cold leads coming in um because that's that's what we're good at but but it's not just us saying this we got Caroline Raven on the podcast um I think about a week ago, something like that. Um, and she was saying when she started on her rise to fame and getting like known across as like one of the best female magicians in the world, like she said, oh, well, I had to optimize my network and those people that I needed to get in with. So it was about building relationships. I remember we watched um, a lecture in Blackpool Magic Convention from a wonderful magician, Sam Fitton. And he was talking about how to get wedding gigs there. And he said, well, I actually, you know, I connected with a photographer and we play football like every Sunday. We don't talk about business. We just do that to just keep up the working relationship with each other or, or the personal relationship with each other because then the work comes from that. So it's a really powerful strategy just by building rapport, building relationships and essentially just having friends. Um, not a lot of people talk about it, but when you look at some of the top pros, this is what they're very good at doing as well. There's a reason why they're a pro. Yeah, I think uh, uh, just to go as slightly out of context here, I think it's really important for us as entertainers to make more friends. Um, and that's not a, a magic joke about the fact that 90% of magicians are socially inept. Uh, we are, but you might not hey. be. Um, the, the, the point is that the entertainment industry is very lonely and isolating at the best of times because we're doing all of our admin. We're doing all of our outreach. We're doing all of the lead gen, the sales, the marketing. We're doing all of that stuff. We're doing the performance, but at the end of the day, it's still all on us. We don't really have a team that we work around. Sure, we might have like family and close friends that we see, but at the end of the day, our entertainment business is quite a lonely prospect. That's why building that community of not just other like-minded entertainers, but also people like other suppliers in your niche as well. That's just going to be a really great thing for you to just feel uh, like emotionally a little bit better, even when it gets tough. Because um, it will at the end of the day, your entertainment business is not going to be an easy ride. It's not going to be smooth sailing from the get-go, but the the greater you've got these relationships the more of these relationships that you've got earlier it, it's going to help when it comes to smooth sailing it'll be um a little bit choppy rather than tsunami level waves i tried to do a metaphor there didn't work next question uh what type of mentalism there's a performance question here what type of mentalism yeah, we, we haven't done performance skills for a while on the podcast well i mean we're business focused that's the reason why if you want performance stuff go to a few episodes back <laughs> All this question, which I've just interrupted Aidan from saying. <laughs> I'm going to try and say it again. Uh, what type of mentalism would you recommend for table hopping in a restaurant? Interesting. Table hopping in a restaurant. Uh, Ashley, what, what what do you do in restaurants? I love that you've passed hopping? it over to me because you're like, Ashley, I know you've done restaurants before. <laughs> I know you um, do weird stuff at restaurants. I, I know my approach is yeah, completely the opposite. It, 
if you guys haven't seen uh, what I do in terms of performing, it's very weird, very different from most magicians. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I also have, you know, we talk about the discovery call, our effortless sales process to like land in more gigs and make it an easy sales call. It's one of the reasons <laughs> I do a discovery call as well to make sure that the clients are fully aware of my style of entertainment so that I don't turn up there and they're like, what the hell have we just booked? Um, when you are doing a restaurant, it's very important to know this. So many magicians think it's just cool to go up and do a bunch of tricks. No. What you're there for, the deeper reasons of why you're there, um, usually the, the generic ones tend to be you're filling the wait time during the meal, okay, or you're keeping people occupied when there's delays um, in the kitchen, at the bar, or, or maybe something serious has happened. You're there front of house to maintain a level of customer service. So that should be your emphasis. So you don't want material which is going to interfere and get in the way of the actual service, the restaurant. Like if you're doing a PK touch routine, it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes maybe. Like take that out. Don't do that. I don't think the tricks matter, but what you should bear in mind is it going to go well under conditions where you could literally go and start performing to someone and then their meal arrives and you've got to wrap up quick? When I perform in restaurants, um, I don't like it. It's not my thing. But there are a few restaurants I'll perform in only because I really, really like the venues. So I will make that one exception. Um, and when I perform in restaurants, I just make sure that my material on the day, I think to myself, if a tsunami hit right now, <laughs> I wanted to just whack in a weird metaphor, Aiden. If a tsunami hit right now, could I just wrap up the routine and make it so it, it looked good and it make it look like there was a flawless finish? That makes sense? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting one. I know a lot of people talk about this concept of having uh, modular walk-around sets that you can you can keep adding to you can keep doing more reveals or more next steps like like the ambitious card uh, as, as an example of a modular trick like you can get that card to the top of the deck in a hundred different ways but you can stop at three you can stop at seven you can stop at 27 you can stop at 58 you can stop at 62 it doesn't matter because it's modular and being able to have that kind of mentality to your performances uh, is not only really good practice for your for your overall performances but in situations like this it's just going to make it a lot more comfortable for you yeah it's like i do a lot of drawing droops um which hand i do a thing where they roll um a dice for those that know you know um, and i guess which numbers on top but the beauty between with that is i can stretch the routine out and i can make it a really strong impactful routine but if i do need to cut it off if there's dinner on the way i don't want the waiter to be standing there just like get out the way <laughs> they need the food i've got other stuff to do and also i don't want that table like what what the hell man our food's here like with anything like that i can't just be like oh yeah i'm going for the routine i'm stretching out and building up and then i can literally just go cool it was a snail goodbye enjoy your meal but i can cut it off like a lot quicker like that so everything i perform i just make sure and cut off um yeah, i think that that's the key it's that the actual effect in and of itself uh, it's from premise to method to reveal like those three components are quick in, in terms of literal time they are all quick back to back not quick independently all of it all of those three points are quick uh, because then you can you can fill that extra time with some form of performance 
and you still can cut the performance short in favor of the reveal um rather than methods that take five minutes to just set up the one reveal like that's a bad idea something that takes really long to tell the story before you even get into it that's a bad idea like we want to be really sort of quick and condensed in in the material and again it's up to you to choose what that is we can't tell you do this this and this and this because a this is not the place and b um it would probably suck for you because our material choices are very different Especially but mine. that being said <laughs> that being said keep it keep it quick simple and focus on the presentation as your your filler in a sense okay so the third question that we've had in is why are you still doing virtual shows when live shows are back I think that one was targeted at me. <laughs> I think that one was targeted. It's like a personal attack on, on me, isn't it, Asian? It's like, actually, why are you doing these? Um, the, the truth being, um, it's like close-up. We we got doing into virtual entertainment a while back. A lot of entertainers done this because it was like, ah, oh, there's nothing to do. Ah, oh, I need to make money. Ah, oh, I need to keep myself actually doing stuff. But the truth is, it's his own market in and of itself. Like, there's still companies out there who have opted to work remotely. There's still companies out there doing Zoom meetings with teams around the world. There's still people out there in certain countries where they're doing stuff remotely still because of COVID. Just because in some parts of the world with these restrictions, like here in the UK, doesn't mean other parts of the world have. Like, I was doing uh, an event in India and... Um, and they had to run their entire conference, their entire festival, all virtually because of the fear of COVID. Um, and still, there's so many businesses that have opted to work home working with their staff. Uh, and that just means there's an opportunity there. And I really like doing virtual shows. I enjoy it. I enjoy setting it up. I enjoy doing it when it goes well. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoy doing the shows. So why would I want to give up something that I like? Um, that's the honest answer there. I think it's interesting. It's uh, a format that I played with during the pandemic and I didn't particularly resonate with back then. Um, but what I've noticed is that over the course of the pandemic, because everybody went online and everybody became significantly more connected, everybody came, became hyper connected with their, their audience online. It's meant that we've now got connections with people all over the world. And I honestly, every single time I do any form of post about a show or even just post, almost pretty much every time I post something on social media, I'll always get a response from somebody who lives abroad saying, wish I could be there. Oh my God, are you doing a virtual show soon? And I, it's got to the point now that I've tried some virtual stuff recently, like fairly within the last couple of weeks to, to last few months. And I'm starting to enjoy it. I can start to see the creativity behind what it is. And it's now one of those opportunities that whilst everybody is stopping the virtual because live shows are back, myself and many others are flipping it around. We're like, well, now this is the best time to jump into Ooh. virtual. Yeah, you've recently started doing a lot of virtual talks. Like you was talking at like a little virtual summit the other day on, I can't remember what it was, but like you was doing an entire talk and presentation and that's its own medium as well, like virtual speakers. Yeah, the, the, the virtual world has advanced so far. And I think this is the reason that so many people struggle, like myself, very early on, is that very early on, it was hard because nobody really knew what they were doing, right? Nobody knew. It was all, we were all on the same level. We were all improvising and trying to tweak stuff and experiment. But now we're at the point that we are, what, two years into heavy spiking in the virtual space. Now we've got some really great pioneers of the virtual space, not just in magic and mentalism, but across the board of virtual events that now the bar 
yes, the bar is incredibly high for virtual events, but the support is also incredibly good. Like It's much easier nowadays to jump in and have a really great virtual show than it was like two years ago, a year and a half ago, even a year ago, just because of the, the nature of the industry has grown so much. Um, so, and again, that's something I'm personally looking forward to experimenting with um, j- just because it's changed so much. And <laughs> where I hated it back then, I'm interested now. I'm really interested. And I think because we know what we're doing, like an outer structure show, I know Felipe Nardi's doing some great stuff like, hey, here's how to make your tech easy so that you can run with it. So it's literally just like, ta-da! <laughs> As opposed to you like, oh my gosh, how do I unmute myself? How do I do this? How do I how do I make spectators pop up on the screen but do it on my fancy stuff so it all moves around? Like, there's people out there which can help you now, whereas when you started, it was like, you got to do everything. And the other reason is this, like, because I'm in, like, the corporate world, it's really nice to give an option to my clients if they need it. I always thought there's nothing worse than someone booking me for like a close-up set or like a stage thing and then them saying oh we'd love you to do this virtual conference and me just going oh you know I can't do that and then having to find someone else it's really nice for me to accommodate everything as well and on the plus side because I'm used to doing virtual events and I'm always keeping this up even though it's still you know it's not as regular as my actual live in-person shows like that's what I'm, I'm doing more of, but I am still doing the virtual stuff. It gives me an option so that if I ever have anyone, like I had um, a couple the other day actually say, we want to book you for our, our little thing, um, but we've never seen you before. And I went, yeah, no worries. Why don't you get a bunch of mates together on Zoom and I can show you a few things. I can do that for free because I don't have to drive to a pub to meet them to show them some, something. I don't have to drive all the way, like hundreds of miles, just to show them stuff. So they go, yeah, you're cool. We want to book you. <laughs> and it's much better than just sending a video over. They get to see something in person and they get a little mini event out of it. And I've done this with people in the past when they've been ill, when they've had COVID. Clients of mine have been like really down. I've said, hey, no worries. Let me put on a little online event for you. It's like an hour or two out of my time. And you're just over-delivering. Um, so I like to have it for that reason as well, um, just as like a back pocket thing. Yeah, it's really good to have that flexibility. Well, awesome stuff. I, I feel like we're rattling through these uh, quite quickly, but um, we've got to. There's loads of questions. But the, next, the, big ones. <laughs> uh, the next one, <laughs> I'll do the reading now. Uh, <laughs> how did you get testament? How, how do you get testament? Oh, I've ruined it. I've bodged it. I made a joke about well, reading. I'm, I'm going to say it because you've, you- you've, you've bodged it. You tried to insult me because this... This is an Aiden question, this one, because if you don't know, Aiden is an absolute killer when it comes to getting feedback. So much so that he's doing stuff with words, which he may or may not elaborate in a minute, but I won't say it in case I've accidentally dobbing him in. Bleak. Bleak. <laughs> but hopefully that yeah. was enough of a hint. <laughs> um, okay, so this came from a chat. Uh, how do you get testimonials after a gig? I usually find people just ignore me and don't fill out a review. It can be a big problem for people, right? When you're just chasing and say, hey, can you leave a review? Hey, can you fill out my feedback form? And you send it via email and they just blank you. So what would you do here, Aiden, if you wanted a review and you're sending them to leave a review, but they're just blanking you? Well, I mean, look, here's the key. If you're sending a review, um, if you're sending a review for these people and they're not filling it out, well, there's there's only one real problem there and it's like imagine you went into a local supermarket and you bought some stuff and then literally as you was just stepped out of the door ready to go back to your car and or, or 
walk back home somebody came up to you with an ipad and was like hey do you mind giving us a, a review on TripAdvisor for your for your st-? like what uh, what no you just wouldn't do that it, it feels really jarring and too uh up front and it's the same with uh, our testimonials actually asking people to leave reviews and stuff like there's no reason for them to do that. So the easiest, and there is nothing that has compared to this, and we mean that, there is nothing that has been as effective as this, is that we ask for feedback, and inside that feedback survey, we offer them the opportunity to leave a testimonial. And that's simply, would you be happy and willing to leave a testimonial that I could use for marketing purposes? Yes, no. If yes, you show them a box to get all of the, uh, to, to go ahead and fill out all the feedback and if no well that's fine because at least you've if they've clicked no you've got feedback from them anyway which is more than you would have done if you just just straight up asked for a testimonial um we did do a, a complete episode on this this is actually a a momentum exclusive program uh, that we call the referral beast we give our complete um step-by-step feedback survey the email campaigns used to do uh, get it automated uh, all of that stuff but uh, we did record it on an episode, um, a couple of episodes back, um, how to get great testimonials. Highly recommend that you give that a listen if you haven't already. But yeah, use feedback first. And and I think this really does link into the point we mentioned at the beginning. And I don't want to bring it up again, but I will because it's very flipping relevant. The point is we're not just being all businessy with our clients and the people that book us. We're building a rapport, we're building a connection so that when we ask them, they don't blank us because they like us, they respect us, they want to help us. If you don't build a rapport with your clients, if you don't bring them into your world, if you don't understand them, if you don't care about them, then yeah, when you ask for stuff from them, they're like, I I can't be bothered. It's like you're asking, you're not giving anything. So you've got to build that rapport up if you want to get stuff from them. You can't just be a needy taker all the time. You've got to give and take. Exactly. It's, and I think uh, I think what the most important angle is to give more than you take. Like it's one thing to ask for a review or ask for a testimony or ask for feedback in our case, but that's only going to come after we've given a significant amount more value. Like imagine, imagine that we turned around and said, hey, look, here's this XYZ process that will make you a million pounds in 12 months. It's only 20 quid to join us. Yes, I know it sounds like a scam, but we'll roll with it. It's only 20 quid to join us. You think, oh God, no, that's a scam. He's just trying to get my 20 quid. But what if we said, look, we've got this XYZ that's going to get you a million pounds in 12 months. It's only 20 pounds, but you'll pay us in 12 months. Like, it's the whole angle of what we've done for you is significant. And if it works, that is, um, presuming that that's the case. If it works, then great. You've got a million pounds in 12 months time. Is 20 quid really going to dent that million pounds? Probably not. And that's because we've give over delivered relative to what we've asked. And if we can give like 80% of the time, ask 20% of the time as a rule of thumb. Great. I want to give a 30 second example of our client Sven who done this. He had uh, another magician saying, oh, you know, a really great way to get gigs. Maybe you should go on to a local wedding group in your area uh, in Germany. He is. Um, and when you've got brides and, and, and couples and all that asking questions about their wedding, uh, reach out. Adam as a friend and message him. Say, hey, I'm, I'm a magician. I saw you was getting married. Do you want to book me for your event? And he was sending about 50, 60 messages a day. He was like proper going for it. But he was getting no responses. If anything, people were blocking him. <laughs> so I said, hang on a minute. This is literally 
just a load of nonsense. He's trying to sell the people cold. Instead, lead with value. If they're asking a question, well, help them with the question. Help them with the thing that they're asking. Give them the solution. Go in and lead with that. So the next time he done it, on his first go of just implementing the stuff I said of just leading with value, he saw someone ask a question about their wedding. Instead, instead of saying, hey, I'm a magician. Do you want to book me? I can do this for your event. He went, I just saw you had this question. Hey, you actually... If you are putting together a cake, here's a, here's a supplier for you. I know you've been struggling to find one. I know they're available on your day and I've seen their work in the past. You've gone on, they're looking for a recommendation. You've given it to them. You've helped them in whatever way you can. And the best part, they're grateful. You're now in a chat conversation. You just got to chat with them, build the conversation up and then steer that towards entertainment. Ta-da! You've now got yeah, a gig. I think, I think on that, it's particularly important to note that it's not just a case of uh, I'm looking. I'm struggling for somebody to make my wedding cake. Then you just go in in there and use these people at and then tag them like that is good. But can you go ahead if you know the date of their wedding and you already know the other supplier? Can you go ahead and find out with the other supplier? Hey, I've just noticed somebody that's interested for a wedding cake for this day. Are you available? Get an answer, and then you can actually go back with hey. You may or may not have already sorted this, but I've just spoken to XYZ. I've worked with them in the past. They're absolutely incredible. They are actually available. They have some capacity to make a cake for your wedding on this day. Um, would you like me to put you in touch? Like what you do there is so much value because you've not, not only in this situation are you going into these, uh, in this case, these clients completely cold, but you're not going in cold. You're not talking about the gig. You're building a relationship there leading with significant value. And you're doing the same for the supplier. You're going up to that supplier and basically say, hey, do you want money? Hey, do you want a gig? Hey, do you want some cash in your bank? Because I've found somebody. And then you're just connecting the people. It's a really powerful approach to um, to not just networking for networking sake, but it's a really great way of rapidly accelerating the relationships that you've got. If you can start making more connections, I guarantee this will be significantly more valuable than just having more conversations with people. Like if you can help them, connect them with the right people at the right time in the right way, wow, you will be their friend for life. Um, it just Leave works. Value. Exactly. value. So our next question, Adam. Oh, this is a good one. Why do you boys keep saying you don't need a website? I get loads of leads from my website. Great question. Great. Great. Uh, if you get loads of leads from your website, fantastic. Unfortunately, most people don't. Okay, In including us, to be fair. Um, but if you if your website is working like a well-oiled machine, you're getting plenty of leads at, and and you're able to process them, and they're good quality leads, then there is no issue. But nine times out of ten entertainers with websites are they've designed them themselves, and they're not graphic designers, so they look a bit awful to say the least. Uh, they don't say what they should be saying, so it just feels a bit bland, and it copies other entertainers locally so when a client is potentially browsing through other magicians websites they're just going to go with the cheapest person because it's all really icebreaker and unforgettable and memorable and everyone's sites the same stuff the same copy literally it's all the same so that's it that's as far as they'll go with it and instead what we want to make sure that we're doing is actually with our websites is we're making sure and tracking because if you're not tracking this right now you should be how many leads are coming in per 
seven days, 14 days, 30 days, however long you want to look at. And how many of those are converting into paid bookings? Because then you'll know your conversion rate from your website. And if that is particularly great, amazing. Double down on your website. But for most people, it's not because of what we just said. You've got a basic website. You're not a graphic designer, so it looks a bit awful. Um, we've been there, got the t-shirt. And you're saying the same thing as everyone else. I think I just said that twice, but point being websites just make you blend in rather than helping you stand out which is what we hope it's not what it does all the time unless you put the time energy resources and effort into it and it's just a bit slow that's the other reason it's just a bit slow it, it takes a while to build a good website and if you want to update it you know and all this seo optimization that's continual work it's not something you can do once um, and yeah they can be great you, you you do that with targeted ads fantastic i've got friends that make a lot of money from that but they're doing it the right way when like we said 99 percent of entertainers struggle with this and there's a thousand different things of lead gen and we could go out there and we could do every type of lead gen to generate leads and generate clients but the reason why we also say you don't need a website is not the fact of they're evil and they don't work because we've just said yes for some people they do if they build them right and if they work right brilliant but it's about taking ownership over your business you know if heavens forbid i mean stranger things have happened in 2022 and 2021 let's be honest so <laughs> this example isn't really that strange imagining um considering what's happened in the world in the last two years but let's say the internet went out the internet changed we went to web 3.0 and all websites were made redundant or whatever um or, or your facebook went down or you um you had to move to another country and your website was redundant because it was all in a different copy or whatever whatever happened could you still run your business? Would you still be able to generate leads? Would you still be able to generate an income? Would you still be able to get clients? Because the truth is, if you're reliant on other people, other services, other providers, or other people like hosting your website, and anything goes wrong, they go down, uh, the website crashes, you get DDoS, whatever, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but if you annoy some people and that happens, then your whole business comes to a standstill. But if you take the ownership and you know how to generate leads organically, you've got some solid foundations in place. So no matter what you do, what you pivot, what you change, where you go, and whatever happens in the world, you can always generate leads time and time again. It's good to have fingers in many different pies. So if you, know, if you do have a website and it is running well, maybe experiment with another way of getting leads as well. Just so, worst case scenario, that funnel of leads doesn't dry up. You've got multiple different places. Exactly that. And it kind of links into to another question, uh, which I think we skipped. Uh, but I don't have anyone booking me. What do I do? And as we said, it's finding what works for you and just doing that, being proactive and taking the ownership of your business right now. And most people think they have a lead problem. They've, they've got a problem with their leads. And often that's not the case. Like, I think we did, we even did the math on some of this, uh, some of our past clients and interviews that, that we'd done. And it was like 60, 70% of people thought they had a lead problem and actually they had an offer problem. They didn't know what they was offering. They were struggling to get leads and every lead that they got wasn't really worth much. Um, and again, that's a big problem. A lot of entertainers cap themselves charging time for money meaning that I'll do a couple hundred quid for a few hours, which opens themselves up to negotiation. But it's also very limiting over the value that you bring. It's like, okay, great. You're just the magician rather than the entertainment. 
You're just the guy that sits in the corner of the room or the guy that does some card tricks as you walk around rather than the guy that lifts an atmosphere and changes the entire dynamic of an event. Like, there's very different things. And again, three steps, three really, really simple steps to to starting to get people book you. I mean, we'll add four. That fourth being take actual ownership and be proactive yourself. Like, it's not on other people to book you. It's on you to find the people that want to book you. And if you're not doing that proactively, well, there's your, there's your situation. That's what you do. You go find those people. But first up is to look at your offers. What are you actually offering right now? Is it a stage show? Is it a, some mingling? Is it some mingling in an MC service? Like, what are you actually offering? What's the packages that you are offering? Not just a bit of time for some money, or I'll do it for a couple of hours for XYZ. What is the actual package, the transformation that you bring? And how much are you charging for that? Again, when you know that, and if you need to, if you're stuck charging, like we get lost all the time on pricing and stuff. And we did record an episode on the five biggest pricing mistakes um, a little while back. If you're stuck with pricing, how much do you need to be? This is literally the masterclass right now. How much do you need to earn in a month? How many gigs do you want to do? Divide the first by the second. Ta-da, there's your average fee. Simple as that. Job done. Amazing. Go out for that. You could probably go out for more than that. And in fact, inside our coaching program, Momentum, we help our clients go out for at least £500. Like, I don't think anybody's going out for lower than 500 now, which is <laughs> amazing. people are going out for two grand or 1600 which is uh, quite insane. We went, put your packages at 500 minimum. And they went, no, based on what you've said, based on what you've taught me, I'm way more valuable. I'm going to go out for 1600 or two grand. And I'm like, okay. And then they went and booked them. And I went, that is quite good. Well done, chaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's because they focused on their offers first. They focused on what it is that they're offering. Because if you were just offering a couple of hours of entertainment at any old event, well, how on earth are you going to market yourself for any of those events? Marketing is impossible. And, and there's this old saying of like, imagine that your job was uh, was like a fisherman and you throw a net over the edge of the the boat and your job is to catch as many fish that's what marketing is you and the fish being gigs in this situation but by not being specific over what it is that you're offering you're having to throw the net really really wide and when you throw the net wider what happens to the size of the holes in that net You see, they grow as well, and the gigs, e.g. the fish in this situation, they just swim straight through the holes, and your marketing misses all over the place. That's why it's so important to go and focus on your offers first, and then go and find the right people. Because when you've got your offer, you know who you're targeting, and then you can do any lead gen method that you like to find the people. And then from there, it's all about selling them. But again, building the rapport and all of that kind of stuff that we've spoken about previously... That's your go-to for sales. That's literally it. Boom. There we go. And for anyone thinking they do have good offers, uh, if you are that personnel they're offering, I don't know, a 20-minute show, uh, and then your next package up is a few hours of close-up, and then your next package above that, your top-tier package is close-up and a show, uh, you've got an offer problem. <laughs> and also, for, for those people that can kind of do this and they do that weird anchoring of the pricing, they use all these tactical sales tactics and the trying to do the pricing the decoy effect and and trying to do all these psychology hacks to try and get people to pick your top tier package like if you're doing that you've got an offer problem because you shouldn't be going if, if you only want people booking your top tier package simplest solution 
only offer that top tier package. Job done. That's how you get them to fix it. Easy as that. And now people thinking, listening, thinking, I can't do that. It's not right for everybody. And there's your solution. That's why we have these, we uh, we currently use three entertainment packages because they're right for different people. It's not about getting every client to pick your top tier package. It's about getting your client to pick the package that's most valuable for them and their particular event. If that's your bottom package, and by bottom it's literally because it's on the bottom of the page or the one that's got the lowest fee, fine, so be it. You're still A, making money, B, getting a gig, and C, delivering value and growing your business. It's not all about pushing people to the top tier package. If that's your focus right now, you don't have a good entertainment business. You've just got sleazy sales at its core. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Mic mic drop. Um, And before we ask the last question, um, this is the last one of the day. So I hope you guys have found this episode um, useful. Uh, Let us know. It's a very different style from today. But as you can see, we get like tons of questions from magicians from all over. This is only a handful, right? This is only a handful. Yeah, I mean, if we went for all of them, we'd be recording like we do. 48-hour session. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'll be dead by the end. I'll just be saying, find your solution, drink vodka. Just, just get drunk. That'll do it. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to this, comment down below if you want to see us do a 48-hour podcast no, marathon. Oh, I'm not doing it. I don't care. I don't care if we get 100 people like, yeah, go on. I'll be, no. You can well, do it with thousand. D-Raj. What's your number? There's a number. What's, what's your number? You can, you can do it with D-Raj. <laughs> but no, if you have questions like this, if you are out there struggling with your business or thinking, I'd really like some advice on XYZ, uh, maybe my website, for example, uh, or maybe how to generate leads, or maybe you want some advice in how to get gigs from your residency, or maybe you just want uh, to probe some minds of some working professionals. That is literally why we set up the Magicians Business Group on Facebook. So come and join that community. It's a tight-knit community of people who are actively working and gigging and going out there. We're very select to make sure that everyone in that group are working and always looking to develop their business and help others. So come and join that. You can ask your questions in there. And then you can get advice, not just from me and Aidan, but other people, other entertainers, such and as, we, oh, yeah. I was going to say some names who are in there, but I can't actually remember. <laughs> it's about there's, so, there's like hundreds, yeah, exactly. Uh, but this is the point, like, we've had great conversations already about uh, business cards and flyers and posters and all sorts of stuff. Everything entertainment businessy is inside there. We also drop in trainings every single week um, to help you grow an area of your entertainment business. So again, you can look out for that as well. Uh, To join us, just open up Facebook and search for The Magician's Business Group or head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, uh, group as in group, um, and the magic of the internet will put you straight there. But do come and join us. It's, it's going to be great fun. And as Ashley said, it, we're being very selective over the people that come in. We do decline members that just aren't right or not prepared to come and share their experiences and lead with value. Yeah, we want everyone to benefit from this group because the rising tide raises all the boats. So head over there, the Magician's Business Group. Uh, on with the last question. I don't know why I suddenly got all uh, all excited there. I should be a sports commentator. Uh, I'm going to niche down. I'm going to quit magic and I'm going to do sports. Uh, I'm thinking of making some new business cards. What makes a good business card? Where do we start? I mean, most people overthink it in and of itself. So uh, one that's actually in your hand is a good start. 
Uh, one that doesn't take you three weeks to design is a good start. Uh, one that you don't... Uh, well, yeah, just... I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one because, like, truth be told, our business cards are fairly redundant. Like, Ashley's on Ashley's... <laughs> Tell the story. The Tell the story because there's a great joke that I, I use a great gag in my shows with my business cards. Well, look, here's the situation. For, for for me, my business cards, I tear them up in front of my clients because I use them as billets. Like the whole, almost all of the back of them is blank and I just use them as billets. If people want to want one afterwards, we'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. But then I can give them one if necessary. Ashley, on the other hand, has <laughs> business cards. They look quite cool. They're nice business cards. Uh, but the contact details are all wrong because he's updated them and it's all, they're out of date. And like, what's with that, dude? Oh, I'll tell you the funny thing. Um, and I use this a great gag because people are like, oh my gosh, can I take one of your cards? Oh, can Are you available for bookings? Can I have a card? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I walk away and I'm like, oh no, if you are actually serious, I'm just going to flow out. I'm very jokey and insulting and all that when I perform. So this suits me. I'm not saying you should do it. But I'm just like, I'm, I mean, it, I'm just saying, I, I'm just going to be totally honest with you here. If you do want to book me, um, good luck. And they look at me and they look a bit weird and I go, yeah, because all of the contact details on that card um, are wrong. So, uh, no, no, you can't book me. Um, and then they laugh and go, yeah, whatever. And I say, no, I'm being deadly serious. They're all wrong. I just use them to write and tear up on. Uh, if you actually want to book me, come have a chat with me over there. And then we can go about it further. Turn it into a little joke. And the reason I ask for a chat, we will get on to in just a second, because that'll be a game changer. Well, this is it at the end of the day. It's business cards. Yes, they can be great. I mean, I'm looking at mine right now. By no means they are fantastic, but they do what they need to do. Uh, they say my name, my say website, my name, because I have one. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't, that was weird. Uh, if you don't have a website, you don't need to put that on there. Uh, they've got my phone number, and then on the back, it's got a little slogan. That's it but that's like tiny relative to the card that's it uh, the one thing i will note uh, or two things actually about business cards if you want really really great business cards that last a long time first get thicker business cards i'm going to try and i don't know if you can hear this we'll do some like asmr stuff oh god that got me that was weird um, <laughs> they're slightly thicker than just the flimsy paper business cards that most people get the other thing you'll be able to see this on the replay i'm not going to show it with my contact details on because obvious reasons but if you're watching the the video uh, you'll notice that my business cards have rounded corners rounded corners and there's reason for this they do not get destroyed unlike those with pointy corners pointy corners when they get used stuffed in pockets stuffed in wallets the edges get scuffed up and, and torn up but these rounded cards are just the corners are just rounded they're not circles or ovals they're just rounded corners these I've had for, for ages because I got loads printed when I did, but they're perfect. They're still in pristine condition. They've been in pockets, in wallets. I get people coming up to me, uh, even with the first version of the, these rounded cornered business cards, they pull them out of their wallet and it's still intact just because of these rounded corners. It's a little hack that I've seen nobody else talking about. So you listeners of the podcast, you've got that little nugget of gold. Rounded, thick, round cornered business cards they're beautiful I remember one of the um i was sat watching one of david blaine's shows um i was sat next to eric lebanon um magician um and he handed me his uh card and it was literally just the website nothing else on there and i looked at that and went, oh, no one really knows what that is 
I really liked it because it sparked my curiosity and it led me to go on his website because I was like, who is this person? What does he do? I mean, I knew what he does, but I was still curious. So uh, I went on the site and I thought, oh, that's quite nice. You get people off your card onto your site, just, just set the curiosity. They have no idea what it's for. Yeah, it's like the, it's, everything that you put on your business card is a distraction for the core reason you've got a business card. Yeah. Right? The, the whole concept of business cards is to trade, exchange, pass on business. That's it. Every item, everything, every feature of your business cards that does not directly pass on business is, by default, not getting you business. It's taking away from that impact. That's why, like, slick, minimalist cards are just fantastic because they get to the point, they take people to one position. Like, if you're spending hours wondering what image or what picture or whether to use a picture of your face on your business cards, you're overthinking it. Is a picture of your face going to immediately turn into business maybe maybe not i'm ugly as heck so i don't put them on uh, caroline called me ugly in the last podcast so i'm taking off the next business card <laughs> <laughs> but that's but- the point it's like everything that you is on your business card should should drive people to taking some form of action in the right way that's going to either deepen a relationship or direct directly uh generate a booking which is kind of the same thing the thing is, and I think this comes down to a few of the questions we've had today and, and get all the time. Why are you getting a business card in the first place? Are you getting it because you've got a genuine lead problem, i.e. you don't have anyone getting in contact and you think getting business cards is going to fix that because you can hand it out when you're performing casually down the pub at a restaurant when someone asks you can hand it. Or maybe if you're at a gig or a residency, you can hand it out. Because if that's your motivation because you want to get leads and start getting more bookings, a business card ain't going to, ain't going to fix that. I'm just going to be brutally honest. The amount of people that actually book you off a business card is nil. Wow. Basically very, very low. You still get some people which will hang on to it in a year later and get into you. So it's not quite zero, but it's close to it. Because yeah, I've never, I've never personally had anybody openly, openly share. Like it's hard to track off the back I've had of a business card. About one or card. two, um, uh, about one or yeah, two in the past. That's because they found it like five years later. Weird. Um, so yeah, like yeah, sure you get some, but it is near to zero. Um, the reason being the effort for them to book you is all down on them. They have to be the one to go through it. They have to be the one to initiate that sales conversation. They have to be the one to start it. They could lose a card. They could put it in their their wallet as they're going, yeah, I'll get round to booking that magician. Then it just goes in the pile of crap which they've got in the house or the bin or whatever. You do you. But chances are it's not going to lead to you getting, getting gigs. One of the best decisions me and Aiden ever made, and we tell this to our clients, if you want to get leads, optimize your business to start generating conversations, to start generating chats with people because then you've already got someone in a conversation you can follow up on your own accord you can be the one to initiate that conversation if someone asks me for a business card this is why i hand them out jokingly with the wrong contact details on because i know they're never going to book me so if someone genuinely does want a card i say oh why is that ask them see if there's an opportunity they might say oh as a wedding a corporate or oh i know someone blah 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 or oh i just want to stay in touch with you and if that's the case i say well, if you have got this event, let me take your details. I'll send you some details over of what I do. And I just call them and ask and book them into a discovery call, but chat for another time. And if they do want to stay in contact, well, they can't stay in contact with a piece of paper. I there and then get them on my social media or email list. So I do it as they ask for it. But the point is, you've got to take action. If you're relying on people calling you to book you, it ain't going to happen. Get their number. 
so that the day after you can say, ah, really great to meet you the other day, let's have a chat about your event. You should be the one to initiate that because then you can follow up. You can chase them if they get busy. Yeah. If you treat yourself as like a real-life walking, talking link tree, you're you're great. And if you're not familiar with link trees, there's loads of different versions of them. But that's that kind of thing that most people stick on social media where you click the link and then there's a bunch of different options for you to click and go and do stuff. Please don't use that as your website. It's terrible. But if you think of that concept as your interaction with business cards, you're great. Because if you know that you've got an email list that you that you frequently email, you know that you're posting on Instagram and you're active on Instagram. You know that uh, you're available for actual bookings. So you can take contact details. Like You know that there's a handful of ways that specific people with specific problems can engage with your world when they ask for a business card. You literally get to take the confusion out of it by sending them to just one generic website. You get to send them to a hyper-specific place, justify it in the moment, and get them to take action. Like you point somebody, you give someone a business card, a week later they check your website, there is nothing there that's going to help them to either turn into a follower online, a subscriber to your email list, a uh, actually somebody who's having an event and uh, inquiring for you. There's nothing there for them. But if you're in the moment going, taking people, hand-holding people from this is your state of mind, this is where you need to go, you're you're cutting out so much of the 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 learning curve for people as they get involved in your world it's like be a walking talking link tree and you're just going to see so many more conversions out of everything that you're doing it's it's really that effective absolutely absolutely and i just want to say if any of if you right now have any questions um on anything we've we've shared today maybe you've got a question of your own or maybe you want us to elaborate on something more then just whack up a post whack up a little question whack up something over in the magicians business group on facebook and me and aiden the rest of the community will answer and go from there and help you out but that's the magicians business group on facebook any final words you want to say aiden uh no i've said enough words my voice is starting to go it might be the vid uh it might not be i'm gonna go and test and if i cry then maybe it's the vid or that's just just me one episode a week uh, with just Ashley Green soon. Um, Ada might die. Might be the a- the Ashley and D-Rod show. So, uh, there we go. Well, with that said, guys, um, don't die, Aiden. And uh, we'll see you all on the next episode. And stay tuned, because you'll get to find out whether Aiden lives or not. We'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. 
In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.